This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic episode for you about sweetbreads. Yes, and this one has so many fond memories associated with it. Um, because as we told the story before, we got to go to a local restaurant because uh, this was many years ago when we were still doing video. Right, yeah, this came out in uh, June of 2017. We were Tiny little baby podcasters. We were so small. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we went to, yeah, a local restaurant, Holman and Finch. And we got got to film the making of sweetbreads and the eating of sweetbreads. And they were so good. Yeah. And it was Annie's first time having sweetbreads. And they were Mm -hmm. so delicious. And and we were kind of coming off of, of this... It's it's always uh, stressful might be the wrong word or too negative, but just but just a high anxiety being in someone's kitchen um, and, uh, you know, trying to get uh, the, the, the good interview conversation going. Um, it's it's just it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot. It's a high anxiety kind of job um, for for me, certainly. And so when the chef brought this like lovely plate 
of sweetbreads. And I think there was maybe some like citrus and salad on there too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so good. And we were just sharing this plate and uh, our, our darling producer, Tyler Klang um, thought to set up a camera and just film us as we were just chatting and eating. And it was very Mm -hmm. nice. It was all very, very nice. It was, it was, it was very sweet. I actually, it kind of brought me to tears when I, because I, we didn't know he was doing that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't super shady or anything, but <laughs> um, when I found the footage later, and it was just so, it was like, oh, this is the connection we're always talking about in this show. And like having this moment together over food and laughing and in each other's company, yeah. it was just really touching in a surprising way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say... Uh, I recently went to our office um, to drop something off for the first time in a while. And I went down to the food hall because we're in kind of this like food market situation. Um, our offices. Live, and work, play. Yeah. Live, <laughs> work, play. And uh, the kind of, I don't know, satellite or sister restaurant of Holman and Finch where we got these um, sweetbreads is in that area, in that uh, space. And they're not a sponsor or anything, but um, they they were all decked out in Star Wars theme, everyone. What? There were, <laughs> yes, there were like 15 cardboard cutouts. There were stickers, like those big human-sized stickers. And I, I, I had a moment of, I wish... I wasn't such a shy person because I want to take a picture with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and there's Chewbacca <laughs> over there and there's Leia. And I was just standing there awkwardly outside of this restaurant. Oh my goodness. Huh. I'm assuming it went up for May the 4th and never came down. But I... Yeah, I that would be my assumption. But now I'm like, Holman and mm-hmm. Finch, what, what's going on with your Star Wars theme? Okay. <laughs> We need to get to the bottom of this. Cool. I mean, I'm into also, it. Also, like, they're ever giving away a cardboard cutout. I want it. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing my very crowded apartment needs <laughs> as I have all this, like, Star Wars cosplay behind me. Yeah, yeah. Currently on, on the back of Annie's chair, I can see, like, a like a Luke Skywalker, um, like, a, like, flight jacket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really comfortable. <laughs> like it. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. It is. It's got the poof, the very poofy collar. Um. Anyway, we've gotten away from the topic here. Uh, we have, we have, and I will say that although our our memory about sweetbreads is very delightful, this episode goes in some really weird places. Um, and yes. and it was early enough that we we didn't quite have the flow down, so it gets weirder before it gets like more normal, which I think is great. But yeah, that that's right up. That's our speed. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, like, warning you're giving people <laughs> where they go in. Little bit, little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> uh, let's let past Eddie and Lauren take it away. Welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Volkbaum. And today we're talking about something that we've gotten a lot of listener requests for. 
Sweet breads. Sweet breads. Yeah, uh, thanks to Lindsay, Ben, and Micah all for writing in about this one. Yep. And um, we're talking about sweet breads, like not sweet pastry breads. Right. This is not a sweet bread. Yes. It's not a bread that is sweet. No, which is what I thought sweet breads were <laughs> until last year. Not exaggerating. Aw. Yeah. I saw it on a menu and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I love a pastry. Yes. Cinnamon rolls in my face. <laughs> I'm comforted that the internet tells me this is a common misconception because <laughs> the name is confusing. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it does refer to sweet breads if there's a space. If there's a space. Yes. Yeah. Sweet space breads. Yes. Pastry. Then you're then you're in for maybe a delicious croissant, but <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about um, sweetbreads as in a type of awful. I'm be- that's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, yeah, awful, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but <laughs> it comes from off all are cuts from the carcass of an animal that are not skeletal muscle and quote fall off when the animal is butchered and are also called variety meats ari. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a general word for 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 organs, kind of sometimes. Yeah. Um, also, sometimes called the quinto quarto in Rome, aka the fifth quarter of the animal. Ah, which I think is real cute. <laughs> um, in Spanish, offal is aturas, and sweetbreads are sometimes referred to as mollejas. Um, although mollejas can also refer to gizzards, like chicken gizzards. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why this is. I suspect it has to do with the shape. I think they kind of look similar. They do, but it's a different color anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Molejas, uh, sweetbread Molejas are particularly popular as an appetizer in Argentina, apparently. Hmm. But yes, they are an organ meat. Right. And they are most commonly from the thymus gland. Uh, and this is sold in two usually connected pieces. The irregularly shaped throat sweetbreads. Mm-hmm. And the slightly larger, lower fat, and thus more desirable, heart sweetbreads. Yes. Uh, similar organ, just kind of in two slightly different places. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's doing the same stuff, working together. Right. And less commonly included in the definition of sweetbreads is the pancreas, or the stomach slash gut slash belly sweetbreads. And stomach sweetbreads are not highly regarded in much of the culinary community, and it's often sometimes called the false Huh. But they are cheaper, which might be because thymus-derived sweetbreads begin shrinking once the animal has reached six months old and the pancreas sticks around. That's because the uh, thymus is shut off by high concentrations of sex hormones that flood an animal's body during puberty. Why? That's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. But human thymuses work the same way. Thymus is what creates and matures your lifetime supply of T-cells, which are part of your body's immune system. And most of these are created before puberty. And the thymus then shrinks and declines in T-cell production afterward. Anyway. Now I'm thinking of Resident Evil. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just to entice you, I think we're going to come back to Resident Evil at the end of this episode. Oh, excellent. Uh, the type of sweetbreads you're most likely to encounter on a menu or in a store are uh, veal sweetbreads, um, or veal or lamb, really. Right. Um, but you can find pork as well. Mm-hmm. And according to 1911's The Grocer's Encyclopedia, quote, Sweetbread, the soft, milky thymus glands of the young calf and lamb, the former being the more highly esteemed and considered one of the greatest of all meat delicacies. Mm-hmm. And 
kind of going off of that. Um, if we look at the name Sweetbread, uh, the first time it popped up was in a 16th century book. And there's a lot of old English here with like extra E's and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to not miss this. Oh. <laughs> oh, where's Jonathan Strickland when you need him? Oh, I know. We should have brought him in. <laughs> anyway, the book is called The History, i.e. of Man. And quote, a certain glandulous part called thymus, which in Caluis, cows, cows. Oh, well, okay. It's spelled C A L U E S. Oh, calves, calves, not calves. cows, calves. Yes, there you go. That makes way more sense. Okay, continue. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> Lauren and Annie bungle through old English. <laughs> the sweetbread episode. <laughs> That's actually a really good title. <laughs> um, is most pleasant to be eaten. I suppose we call it the sweet bread, end quote. So one theory is that sweet bread might be referring to the fact that thymus meat is relatively sweeter than other meat, I guess. And bread could come from the Old English bread, B-R-E-D-E, meaning roasted meats or flesh, or bread as in another word for morsel, because they kind of look like morsels. Sure. And bread. Perhaps because of the name, most people are confused about what sweetbreads are, like we alluded to, even chefs, where they came from, and they also very probably don't want to know. Yeah, there's a there's a perception in in a lot of modern Western thought that that awful is awful, right? And man, it's tasty. More on that later. Um, <laughs> providing extra complication to the term, um, you've also got the word sweet meats kicking around, which generally means a sugared confection, but is occasionally used to mean sweet bread. So they're not meats. They're not like candied bacon. No. Well, I, I guess it could be because candied bacon could be a sugared confection. You, usually it just means like a, like, like a small like, like pastry or, or like a, like oh. a, like a so what candied I might fruit or something thinking. like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, like a piece of candy. Just want to clarify. It's sweet meat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes used to mean sweet bread. The origin of sweet meat lies in the Old English, uh, uh, circa 10th century CE, when the word meat, M-E-T-E, simply meant food. The narrower definition of meat being like animal flesh that we consume um, didn't pop up until around 1300. So when it was first used, sweet meat meant just a sweet food. Wow. The evolution of language. Oh, it's really great. I really want to do that etymology show sometime. <laughs> maybe someday, Lauren. Maybe some, maybe someday. <laughs> so to prepare sweetbreads, and this is, uh, Annie read a lot of research about this, has never done it herself. I've, I've never done it myself either. All right. But, so we're in this together. But, but, but this, is a, this is the tried and true method. From many sources. Mm -hmm. You first want to remove any impurities by soaking them, usually in cold, and I read in some places, salted. Water. Water, mm -hmm. but sometimes milk or buttermilk, anywhere from three to 24 hours. And according to what I read, it's a good idea to change out that milk or water, whatever you're soaking in, a couple times. Mm -hmm. That also helps uh, loosen up the membrane around right. the actual flesh that you want to consume. Mm -hmm. And um, then you blanch. Blanching! You can oh. go, go back and revisit that episode. Annie's favorite thing. Oh, yes. My absolute favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that is sarcasm. Um, and then you, you do that by putting it in a cold pot of cold water or chicken stock, bringing it to a boil, simmering for about five minutes, and then chilling rapidly by placing in ice water. Um, so this doesn't cook them, but it firms them up and makes 
um, removing what I frequently saw referred to as the, quote, grizzly bits <laughs> easier, which is the ne- next step. And it sounds like it's pretty tricky. Um, and or just sort of gross. <laughs> yep. Um, once it's cool enough to handle, you do your best to remove the veins, the fat, the sinew, the gristle, and sometimes the membrane, depending on the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use a knife or your very own fingers. And you want to keep the sweet meat. It's not not sweet meat. Sweet bread. The sweet breads. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm confusing myself. You want to keep them whole and in largest clumps. And after this, a lot of chefs like to chill and press the meat into an even thickness. But that's a preference thing. Yeah. Uh, and actually, so is the blanching. Um, but that being a preference is relatively new. Hmm. Some people think it's more tender if you don't blanch. Yeah. Uh, if, if you haven't if you haven't ever seen uh, uh, sweetbreads, they're sort of this like this like clumpy, massive clump stuff. Clump stuff. Clump stuff. That's an off-brand show. That- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have a, a segment. It, uh, it will be gross. That sounds like a lumpy space princess show on how stuff works. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> once you have prepared, uh, done this like preparation step mm-hmm. to cook them, uh, you can grill them, braise them, or fry them. Those are the most common ways, but they can be poached or boy broiled. Mm-hmm. I almost said boiled, and I was like, wait a minute. No, no. No. Uh, and apparently, they're very difficult to overcook, so it's a forgiving food to try, mm-hmm. um, and they can cook for several minutes without getting tough. Yeah, and they, they remain uh, moist. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Um, if you look at traditional French and Italian recipes, uh, you can often find them served in rich, creamy sauces. Add richness to a rich food. Sure, that's sure. the French and Italian way. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> And I think, hearkening back to our cauliflower episode, there was an uber-rich French cauliflower recipe that involved sweetbreads. Yes, I still want to eat that. It did sound good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today, you'll likely find them paired with something sour or acidic, or both, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, almost, uh, to complement the richness of the meat, like lemons or capers, alongside bacon. I saw bacon a lot. And vegetables like beans or peas, or they can be more of a supporting character to something like pate or sausage. Sure. Yeah. That's th- throughout history, like, like people just cook them any which way they want to. Yeah. Um, and once they've been cooked, what do they taste like? Uh, as we're recording this, I have no idea. But the things I, <laughs> I read, I saw a lot of uh, tender, rich, creamy, smooth. And I can attest to this. Um, I've had sweetbreads. They're, um, have you ever had like a, like a liver pate? Yes. Okay. So sweetbreads are like a slightly firmer, like ready-made liver pate. Like it's just an organ hanging out in an oh. animal that sort of tastes like liver pate. Um, they're like a slightly sweet meat butter. Oh, okay. L- like a meat cake? I'm not. I'm not sure if the words I'm saying are making it sound more or less appetizing. And the, the flavor is is really delicate, though, compared with with liver. Um, it doesn't have the sort of like metallic or gamey twinge okay. that you get from liver, um, and and some other kinds of awful. Um, and if you've never had pate out there in uh, podcast land, um, okay, like if you've ever had a flourless chocolate cake. Like one that's like really yeah. like 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 rich and and dense and creamy and kind of like fine grained on the tongue. 
Um, the texture is something like that. And the taste is a little bit like the char on the outside of a grilled steak, but without the char flavor. Like, it's just sort of, like, sweet and meaty. Okay. Like, it... it yeah. That's the best way that I can think of to describe it. It's, it's a very... It's a very individual profiled flavor. That's, so... That was an excellent way to describe it because I, I'm generally like, it was salty. I, I'm terrible <laughs> at describing taste. So, my hat goes off to you. Thank um, you, thank you. We will be going to try some sweetbreads at a place in Atlanta that has them called Holman and Finch. Yeah, uh, possibly before this episode airs. Time travel. I know. <laughs> Podcasting and publication schedules, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sweetbreads are often called the least awful tasting of offals, and this apparently means less musty. Oh, sure. Musty is a good word for that, for that metallic, um, gamey uh, flavor that I was describing earlier. Sure. <laughs> okay. I was thinking like an old coat. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so sweetbreads are a good place to start your awful journey if that is a thing you're looking to embark on. I'm loving all the double meanings this is having now. Oh, yeah. Um, Homonyms but- <laughs> are the best. <laughs> they are. If you want to go on this journey, though, it could be very expensive. Homophones, I got that wrong. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, expensive journey. Yes. Sweetbreads can range from $7 to $16 a pound, which is a newish thing in our recent times because they used to be a very difficult thing to sell. And they go bad very quickly. So plan to cook pretty soon after buying. And most things I said, plan to cook same day, if possible. And now I, I don't know if I'm prepared to, I really don't like preparing meat. I don't, I don't know if I'm prepared to go out and find sweetbreads and cook them at home. I have no problem. I have no problem preparing meat. I'm maybe sh- maybe I'll run the camera on that one. Okay. <laughs> <And> you- <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs> so I'm sure nothing disastrous will happen. Speaking of disasters, uh, no, no, not speaking of disasters, but, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's dig into, um, into how this entire eating this strange gland from animals thing started started happening in human culture. But first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. 
get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you, sponsor. So when exactly did this become a thing? Probably since humans started hunting animals. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> End of section. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yes. Throughout most of our history, we haven't had refrigeration again, frozen food. Mm-hmm. Um, and when humans had to butcher their own animals, you didn't want to waste any of that hard work or any of the animal. So, uh, so yeah, so just eat it. Yeah. It's there. Find a way to make it good. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the book Odd Bits, which is a great book, um, uh, these and other highly perishable organs were eaten in many cultures by either the hunters themselves, um, A, kind of as a reward because they're tasty uh, mm-hmm. for, for their hard work, or B, because they were just the first person who had access to them. They're going to go bad. Right. Go on and eat it. Um, or they were uh, saved for an, for an esteemed group elder. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, uh, and later they were probably saved and served to royalty. Oh, okay. When the butchery happened. Um, as we said earlier, the first, uh, the, the, the first use of the term sweetbreads appeared around the 1500s. Um, around that time, there was a recipe from Italy that recommended um, using veal or, or goat, like, like kid sweetbreads, to make this kind of eggy pottage that was seasoned, interestingly, with rose water, saffron, ginger, cinnamon, and sugar. Hmm. Very fancy. Yeah. Very fancy uh, pottage. Uh, pottage. <laughs> sort of like a very richly seasoned meat, egg, stew, souffle thing. <laughs> if I just keep saying food words, is it going to make more sense? <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I also thought a pottage was a pot of dessert, so I've been wrong about many things. <laughs> <laughs> Sweetbreads, we've been wrong about many things. That's oh. also a good episode title. There we go. We're, we have a lot of contenders, a lot of strong contenders. We do. <laughs> a lot of recipes around this time were crafted around sweetbreads, which were viewed by the uh, 18th and 19th century Europeans as nutritious. We'll examine that claim in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, thrifty and easy to come by. This is very different than what it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, they like to taste. And this time was the height of their popularity. The, the 18th to 19th. 19th centuries, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Their moment in the sun. So (laughs) (laughs) many meat dishes were served with sweetbreads as a garnish. Huh. Yeah. 
Um, and sweetbreads began to fall out of fashion towards the end of the 18th century with the introduction of industrialized farming, refrigeration, grocery stores, and the removal of most consumers from the process behind how their food got to their table, i.e. not butchering our own animals. Right. Right. And all of these innovations drove down the price of meat and made it more readily available, but mass-scale production didn't really allow for the tricky process of getting awful and keeping it intact and storing it intact and packaging, shipping, and selling it before it went bad. Um, And it just wasn't cost-effective for them. Right. So they didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And as butcher shops closed to make way for these lower-cost grocery stores, we lost a lot of our knowledge of how to, like, buy and cook rare types of meat as well. Sure. Um, this this industrialization process is also what began to lead to um, to, to offal and, and bones from meat being um, processed and used as feed in, right. in livestock, yeah. which is another thing we'll come back to right. in a few minutes. Um, they've always been pretty consistently featured on French menus, though, particularly Rue de Vaux or Veal Sweetbreads. And uh, French-inspired cookbooks like The Joy of Cooking, uh, which was first published in 1936, which, which I always forget about. It seems like yeah. such a modern cookbook to me. Anyway, um, uh, uh, The Joy of Cooking and also Julia Child's recipes from the 60s on have, have continued to feature sweetbreads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're also ground up in dog food and cat food <laughs> and have sometimes been used in meat-based baby food. Um, and, and yeah, uh, definitely um, have been part of the, the, that meat and bone meal that's used as animal feed. On farms, um, modern regulations in some areas outlaw that because of transmittable brain diseases, which I'm betting you didn't think was a sentence you'd hear in this episode, <laughs> and which I'll talk more about in a depressing and slightly frightening tangent at the end. And I'll make another Resident Evil reference. Yay! Maybe. You will see. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Awful became all the rage once again in upscale restaurants in the 1990s. But it fell away again towards the end of the decade. And a note about the popularity of the dish in the late 90s. Okay, so sweetbreads are a major plot point in the Hannibal Lecter film Red Dragon, Mm -hmm. which is the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, because his removal of a human thymus gland from a victim and and his notation on the, uh, I wasn't paying attention when you said it a second ago, the the, the sweetbread entry, the Redevoe. 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 Um. In, in his copy of the uh, French Encyclopedia of, of Cooking, uh, uh, Los uh, Gastronomique, um, that event <laughs> leads an investigator to capture him, which is why he's in prison at the beginning of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I do seem to recall that. It's all the sweetbreads. <laughs> it's all the sweetbreads. Um, but that aside, aside, um, I, I think, <laughs> I think that, that sweetbreads, United States popularity, didn't so much fall away as like kind of like gestate and morph slowly into the nose to tail movement, mm-hmm. which which if you will recall was was skipping merrily hand in hand with the farm to table movement um, throughout the, the late aughts and early teens, leading us to sweetbreads are making a comeback. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback right now. <laughs> and not just in upscale restaurants. Um, and that's, yeah, in part thanks to this idea that we shouldn't be wasting so much food or killing an animal just for certain pieces. Although I did read, like, a critique of that point of view is that we aren't really wasting it because it is getting used in dog food and cat food. And sweetbreads were included on the Daily Meal's top food trends for 2015 list. 
Yeah, I definitely feel that I've been seeing them more often, but I do think it's like a rotating thing. It's hard. It was hard for me to think of a menu that I knew would have them, no matter what. If you you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. I feel like they pop up sometimes on menus. Yeah. Well, it's also a freshness issue because yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it depends on because um, they are taken from very young calves um, or or other livestock, and so the the season in which there are a whole bunch of very young right. livestock animals is a particular season. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to the end of our. History segment? Yes. Yes. When we get back from this another short ad break, we will discuss health and brains. Yes. So stick around. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. back. Thank you, sponsor. So, sweetbreads, health. What's, what's the deal there? Um, it, it was actually really interesting to read about. Uh, thanks in part to Sugar. Oh, oh. hello, Sugar. Ah. <laughs> 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 Which 
I mention every like every other episode. episode. Oh, we yeah. have to work in a Bloody Mary and a brunch somehow. Okay. Um, the demonization <laughs> of animal fats and cholesterols, thanks to in part in part thanks to sugar, um, sweetbreads were perceived pretty negatively in the West, like gross and unhealthy, and that stigma is still associated with them to some degree. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, <laughs> my parents. Uh, they liked them some liver and onions when I was growing up. Yeah. And uh, they, like, they'd order it at restaurants. We never made it. But when they would order it and I'd had friends with me, my friends later would tell me how gross they thought that was. And I, I would get embarrassed. I would get Aww. anxious when they, like, I saw it on a menu because I knew they were going to order it. they were going to order it, and yeah. And later, people are going to be like, that was so gross, your parents ate liver. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of liver... Another popularly held belief is that since awful like liver filter toxins, then they must be filled with toxins. But they're not like a... I mean, that, that's that's not how it does. No, uh, because the liver neutralizes toxins. It doesn't, like, store them. Yeah. And, uh, yes, 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 yes. Livers aren't sweetbreads. But I feel like a lot of awful and organ meats get lumped together. Get all lumped together. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, but no, no, it's, no, like, like, your liver is not like a repository for bad <laughs> stuff. It... it Breaks them down so that you can, right? Not clear, have them. clear them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making all of these gestures. Yes. <laughs> um, I a lot of places were saying that uh, organs are often described as the most nutrient rich part of the body, mm-hmm. in particular with uh, B vitamins, iron, potassium, and omega three fatty acids. But important caveat: these are um, organs from. Uh, animals not, not raised in confined spaces, like healthy. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, like like no, like normal animals, not... Yeah, not like caged and can't move. Okay, animals. sure. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And speaking of animals, in the animal kingdom, animals usually go for the organ first. The theory being here that um, the animals instinctively know that this is the most dense concentration of nutrients. Take that for what you will. I don't if, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. You know, sometimes the you know, the way that tasty stuff for us is nutrient-dense. Right. That's maybe they just go straight for the straight for the sweetbreads. <laughs> yes. It's the opposite of what I like to do is save the best for last if we're talking about taste. But anyway, I can't, I don't know what the animal's going on in their head, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, do it now before the hyena eats me. <laughs> go. Could be, could be. Yeah. Um, several indigenous cultures would give women of childbearing age organ meats to improve their strength and health. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and this is a big but, um, <laughs> this is for small amounts and not too often sweetbreads consumption. Yes. Um, because they're not really something you should be eating every day. They have purines, which when broken down create uric acid, which can cause gout. You need to eat a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot of sweetbreads <laughs> for this to occur, unless you're eating other foods that have purines at the same time. Uh, things like asparagus, mushrooms, cauliflower, <gasps> uh, mussels, scallops, uh, liver, too much meat in general, and beer oh. can all cause increased uric acid production. Right. And then uh, there's one more thing we got to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, okay, yeah, zombie things. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not really about zombies. Um, there, there, there is one more cause for some amount of concern about bad stuff in sweetbreads that actually holds water. Um, and that is that the thymus gland is thought to harbor high amounts of the malfunctioning protein that leads to mad cow disease. 
Yes. Yeah. Depressing and somewhat frightening tangent o'clock. Yay, Yay. my favorite o'clock. Okay, we could probably do an entire episode on the mad cow outbreak and scare of the 1980s and 90s. But let's save that one. Can we maybe like do like milkshakes first or something? Anyway, uh, top top level mad cow stuff. Um, Mad cow disease is a brain disease more technically known as bovine spongiform encephalopathy. And it is a nasty bit of work. Um, the, the spongiform in the name is because the disease makes some of the brain's crinkly, foldy prions, uh, prions being a type of protein, misfold. Mm-hmm. And when this misfolding happens in mass, it, it misshapes the brain, making it look like a sponge. And this, as Egon would say, is bad. It's fatal within a year. Um, so that explains the spongiform. The bovine in bovine spongiform encephalopathy is because the disease appears in other species too. Sheep, cats, deer, and humans, for sure. Um, And it can be transmitted from species to species through contact with infected tissue, including consumption of brains and other specific organs, including stuff like marrow and the thymus gland. Uh Uh-oh. Oops. (laughs) Um, the, the whole disease group is not deeply understood because, because prions are complicated and the in incubation time in humans can be years, um, like, like decades usually. Wow. Um, and the infamous outbreak in the UK was, was due to infected animals being unknowingly used in meat and bone meal that was fed widely to livestock. And there are still fears that there may be a spate of human spongiform encephalopathy cases in the future because of it. That's scary. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but, but, but governments, once they got savvy to the situation, began to do what they could to protect the, the, the populace. And in the United States, the UK, and other places that use this meat and bone meal as feed, um, the, the sale of sweetbreads and other specified bovine offals which is which is actually it's an acronym specified bovine offals. <laughs> um, the, the, the sale of all that for human consumption was uh, temporarily banned. And then, as researchers started discovering more about the disease, bans were put on on certain practices during slaughter that put meat in contact with the most dangerous bits, being the brain and the and the spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's other uh, legal requirements now too. Um, cattle over 30 months of age must be tested um, because the disease fully develops in older cat in older cattle. And so, although mad cow disease still pops up because it can happen due to perfectly natural genetic mutations too, um, not just infection. It's basically under control. So what I'm saying uh-huh. is that eating sweetbreads will probably not net you a brain disease. The thymuses that are used are taken from young cattle, not likely to have developed large amounts of, of those misfolding proteins that are responsible, even if they are infected, which they probably are not. If, if, if you're in any way concerned, uh, you, you can read so much about what's being done to prevent mad cow disease in your country. There's so much out there about it. Um, and, and actually, actually like, like I'm, I'm shaky on eating brains for this reason, for yeah. this and related reasons. There's, there's a bunch of brain diseases that I don't really want to get and you yeah. can get most of them by eating infected brains. Um, mm-hmm. but, but actually researching this, uh, like it, it, it set off a, a huge amount of fear about sweetbreads in me and, and then really actually soothed me. It's oh. so, so it's like icy hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thing that I didn't know I had to be upset about. And then I was like, oh, I'm actually less upset about a number of things now. 
Great. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess mad cow disease is a good place to end on, as any. <laughs> <laughs> Go out on a high note. That's what they say. Yep. Yep. That's that's positivity lore in here for you. <laughs> it's making making everything just glow with. It's her specialty, folks. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much what we've got on sweetbreads. Um, I'm excited to try them. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're real tasty. Oh, okay. I like and them. And to our vegetarian listeners, we are going to do something like a vegetarian type episode. Yes. Too. Yes. Sorry, friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this classic episode. I have such a craving for sweetbreads right now. Oh, yes. Uh, I I am having a sweetbread problem at this current moment. So I'm <laughs> going to have to figure out a way to solve that. Again, I love the name sweetbread, like sweetbread problem. If you didn't know what a sweetbread was, I would think like a loaf of bread, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> nope. In either case, I uh, love it. Um, hmm. And we would love to hear from you listeners. If you would like to email us, you can. Or email us hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
plus at these prices? You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.